It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. The Wise Money Show is brought to you by the attorneys at South Bank Legal, First State Bank, Diane Bennett and the Inspired Homes Team, and Bethel University Adult and Graduate Studies. Welcome to another episode of the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. Thanks for being here, friends. My name is Mike Bernard. I am your host. I'm also one of the certified financial planners on the show. With me in the KFG studios, my business partners and fellow CFPs, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. If you are planning on retiring in 2020, you might be second-guessing that decision due to the crazy changes we've seen in the world this year. Is it safe for you to retire this year? We'll help you know how to make that decision with clarity and confidence this hour on Wise Money. Getting a ton of questions, and I, I love it. We, we love to hear from you. We've got a lot of questions we're going to be hitting in the second half of the program. And uh, you can submit questions to us in three different ways. You can call or text us, 574-222-2000. That's 574-222-2000. All over social media, we get a lot of questions on our YouTube channel uh, to some of the videos there. So check us out wherever you're at on social media. Just search The Wise Money Show. And then uh, all over on our website as well, you can find more information about the show and submit questions there as well. Just search wisemoneyshow.com. All right, let me tell you about about Amy. So Amy reached out to me in January. I've served her and her husband for probably 10 years or so and um, on and off through changes in their life. And and she's been more and more concerned over the past couple of years as her company was bought out by another company and she wasn't sure if there was going to be overlap and layoffs. Well, January, she reached out. This is before the pandemic, reached out and said that her job was eliminated and it was emotional. It was hard. But this is about a year and a half before she was hoping to retire. And so she was thinking, well, I guess I'll find another job. But Mike, can you change the plan, adapt the plan to see if I can actually be done? And so we talked about it. And you know what I said, you, it would be no surprise to you guys, but maybe surprise to you listening. I said, well, track your budget. We'll meet again in March or April, but track your budget. I want to know what you're spending because we've been assuming that you'll spend this much all these years, but that's such a big variable that let's find out what you're actually spending. Well, sure enough, the pandemic hit and and now it's really hard to find jobs, right? And um, I met with her this past week, her and her husband. And the good news is they're tracking their budget and they're spending a little bit less than what they actually thought with buying a computer and some other one-time expenses. And I was able, through the planning process, tell them, congratulations, you can be done. It was emotional, she cried. She was, she was actually afraid, you know, at this stage um, and, and her age, she was a little concerned to go back to work. She was in sales and having, and would be going around talking to different people and was a little concerned for her safety. And so it was, it was a huge relief. And I was extremely proud of them, especially because we've just run the miles with them all those years. So the question is, if you were planning to retire in 2020, are you still ready and we're going to be talking about that here today. Well, I, I think that this is maybe the quintessential financial planning question because it touches so many different areas of someone's financial life. You can't make this decision in a vacuum, which is why, you know, you, you didn't just have one conversation about retirement with this client, Amy, that you were referring to. Um, you know, it was it was a process. It was reevaluating some of the assumptions that you guys had made and what goes into their financial plan. 
Right. And as you work with your financial planner, and as we say, make sure they're certified, a certified financial planner is going to work with you in six different areas. So I'm going to run through the six areas of financial planning real quick. The big idea is that you've got a roadmap from where you are to where you want to go. So from where you are today, for the rest of your life, what does your financial picture look like? And is it is there a congruency? Can what you want to do, can that be done with the existing resources and how do we allocate those resources? So we start with present financial position. I love, Mike, you, 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 you use the B word and you said, hey, go back to the budget and see if that's possible. Because if you're planning on retirement, what I would encourage you to do is make sure that the, the two to three years prior to retirement, if possible, you live like you're in retirement financially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you, rehearsal. Yep, because I will listen to folks and say, well, what do you think you'll need in retirement uh, as we get into the factors of retirement? And they'll say, well, I think we could do 3,500 or four grand. And I look and I'm like, well, there's no, there's just no way. Mm-hmm. I, it, it, when, when you can see their entire picture. Now, I don't tell them there's no way because self-discovery is much more powerful than having someone telling you that's crazy. So we say, okay, well, how do we figure that out? Is that possible? Let's give that a shot. Mm. And, and let's make sure we've got your three bank account system working for you and so that your delayed spending is in place, your emergency fund is in place, cash flow works, can you do it? And so, because I want to know if I'm saying, hey, I can get it done on 3500 and I really need 6500 This is also where you're looking at, well, do you enter retirement with, uh, with the mortgage paid off or can you afford to still have a mortgage? So uh, we talked about that a couple of weeks ago. But health insurance is a huge variable in retirement. You can't talk about reti- retirement without talking about health insurance. And so that applies to your entire protection plan as well. Taxes, tax planning is the third area of your overall financial life. And most people have a hard time getting through retirement uh, successfully if Uncle Sam is reaching their hand into the, 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 the money bag there too frequently. So you've got to be very tax sensitive. So tax planning is extremely important. And that brings up your investments. How should your investments be structured in various tax shelters to make sure that the, the growth that you need is happening, but also that the risk that you are comfortable with it will allow you to achieve your retirement goal. Yeah. So you have investment planning, and that goes into the next area. The fifth area is retirement planning. So again, that's the roadmap. That's where I am today. Where do I want to be? And do I want to take a direct route, or do I want to uh, wander and meander and it's also where we calculate what is a sustainable pace for you to live at when you get to retirement. Sure. So even those who have already reached retirement, they still need a retirement projection because you need to know, are you on pace to run out of money too soon because you're spending too much right now? Or are you at a sustainable spending level? And then, of course, the sixth area is you've got to make sure that you've got a well-defined estate plan. Everything's implemented as well. And so all those retirement dollars and everything else are going to go directly to the right place uh, if something happens to you. So that's this. You can't talk about retirement without looking at all six areas. I agree completely. In fact, I, I actually met with a client just the other day, someone who has We've been serving them for about 15 years in a a more narrow capacity, just helping them with investments. And they've needed a financial plan along the way, but they're finally at that point where they're asking the question, hey, are we ready for retirement or are we going to be ready for retirement? And and, uh, John, the, the husband, asked, 
hey, what's the number? How much do I need to have accumulated? And, and he had heard, well, you need to have a million bucks. Or is the number really 1.5 million? I, I don't know. And uh, that was my response to him. John, I don't know the answer to that question for you, but I do know how to get the answer. And it is found in financial planning. The, the reason the answer is different for every single family or every single goal is because there's different factors or different assumptions that go into the plan. Your life that you're envisioning, John, is different than your neighbor or your brother or your parents would have had. And so the, the, the help that, that we provide when we're running these retirement projections that Kevin was talking about is we help uh, folks discuss and, and kind of wrestle through the five key factors or the five decision points that they have to make which influence how much money you need to have for retirement. Are you ready? Or as we started the show, is it safe for you to retire right now? Yeah. And if, if I was just going to rattle those off real quick here, the, the five decision points that you have are, first of all, what age are you going to retire? How much are you going to be spending in retirement? What will your sources of income be? How much are you going to save between here and retirement? And then ultimately, uh, what's the risk-reward trade-off that you're trying to set your investments to achieve? Those factors, which we could unpack maybe more in the next segment, those influence whether or not you really are ready. Well, and they're all interrelated as well. And the, the, the point of the discussion today is they're also interrelated with what's happening in the world and the economy and your job. And you might not have control over all those things. So we're going to break that down for you. That and more are coming up here on The Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. If you're planning on retiring in 2020 or maybe the beginning of 2021 or 2022, can you still do it? We're in a recession and we're in this pandemic. Can you retire? We're helping you with that today. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. Here with me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. I want to point you to the YouTube channel for every episode of the Wise Money Show. If you're not a subscriber there, Check us out. Go to YouTube, search The Wise Money Show, subscribe, turn on notifications as well. You'll get every episode of The Wise Money Show as well as all of our daily updates, the next wise step. So check us out there. You can leave questions there as well. So we just rattled through, if you're planning to retire really at any time, but especially during these uncertain times, it's got to be made in the context of all six areas of your financial life. So it's got to be made in the context of a financial plan. Second, you've got to talk about those interrelated variables, those five factors to see what's the right recipe for you. Well, those five factors are being strained right now, and you might have to make some really tough decisions during this crisis and pandemic that could influence your ability to retire. Let's talk through it. Can you still retire in 2020, or what's changing that's going to impact your plan? Well, I mean, you started the show with the story of someone whose retirement date got moved up, right? She, she was not planning to retire in 2020, but um, at least paused long enough to ask the question, does it make sense or can we go ahead and retire a little bit early? Many people wouldn't be able to pull that off. Yeah. And, and the reason is you shave one or two years off your working career and you're giving up the potential to save more money to let your investments grow a little bit longer. It's expanding your retirement period, right? Because yep. we assume that the end of retirement is kind of a set date that none of us actually know when we're gonna pass away. 
But the, the earlier you, you retire, obviously, the longer that marathon run will be for you. And so uh, it just places more demands on, on your financial life. But this is actually one of the patterns that we see even um, outside of a pandemic type of environment. Many people set their retirement date out there at some age. 65 is maybe the most common age that we, we often see. But many then find themselves retiring just one or two years earlier, not because they necessarily wanted to, but because of events like this. They, they kind of got forced into retirement a little earlier. Could have been a health reason, could have been a downsizing or a, a lost job. Maybe their industry is being shaken up. Who knows? But uh, it's part of the reason why if you're younger and listening today and you're still in the preparation stage for retirement, you need to plan as though the, the, the finish line is going to come earlier than you think, not later than you think. And, and I, you know, you're right, Josh, that this happens a lot. People typically are done working uh, sooner than what they thought. But if you, if you remember back to the Great Recession, the financial crisis, there were a lot of people that were laid off. And there, it was their layoff that turned into retirement because right. they couldn't find. They they just never went back to work. This is um, this is a big problem, and we're starting to see that. I think we could be seeing that right now. Well, it's not uncommon for uh, businesses to begin offering severance packages and trying to right size the business if they think that the, uh, the their their business um, activity is going to be lower in the future. That sort of thing. Um, so, so you just need to be prepared. We've, we've done shows in the past about making sure that your financial life is decisionable at any given point. If a, a choice is just dropped in your lap and, and you weren't really counting on this, you weren't looking for it, but here it is, you have to choose whether or not you're going to accept a severance package or something like that. Are you in a position to be able to answer that question wisely? And when you talk about your financial life being decisionable at all times, if you're thinking about retirement, a lot of times I've talked to folks and uh, said, well, when are you thinking about retiring? They're like, well, 62, because, well, because that's when you retire. And I said, no, 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 no. You are in complete control of when you retire. So not only do we encourage people to, to do a test run of their retirement with cash flow, I encourage people to sit down and make a checklist of what needs to be done before you're ready to retire. Because if you don't, if you don't get very objective and get the emotion out of this, anytime I get emotional about my finances, I'm almost assured that I'll make a bad decision. Mm. So I need to get completely unemotional about this and say, okay, here's my checklist. I need to get these things done. And I was it was interesting. I was working with some folks the other day and they had they were going to have him go till 70 to draw social security because your social security after you hit full retirement age increases at two thirds of one percent per month so basically it's eight percent a year that your social security monthly payment will increase and so if you let that ride for four years you've got a nice big payment and the survivor gets the payment so when they went to draw Social Security earlier than they'd planned, they learned something that's interesting. And maybe you may know this, you may not know this, but they learned that they could take, they could go retroactive for six months. Yeah. So they got, they actually, they both did it because they were over 
they were well over full retirement age. So they went back six months. Now, they reduced their monthly payment by 4%, but they said, hey, those two lump sums let us actually kind of shoot the moon here for Ah. all you hearts players. So they were able to check off a number of boxes that they wanted to have done before they retired, and they had slightly less retirement income, but it was perfect. So the first thing I think of, because I'm a geek, is, is, um, is tax planning. Make sure that if that's you and all of a sudden you've got this bigger income coming from Social Security, how Social Security is taxed is one of the most confusing things you could ever imagine. And so, so uh, that's, uh, that, means me think of, that made me think of that. The second thing that I, I, would, I would have you consider that this might, this pandemic, this crisis might be influencing your retirement is your ability or willingness to save into retirement for the future. And I, we've been telling you from the moment that this crisis started, keep saving, keep saving. Kevin even said, hey, if you can, if you still have the cash flow, save more. Try to max out your retirement early. I think one of the byproducts of this, and I saw this really geeky analysis from the Federal Reserve, I think one of the byproducts of this is people are going to lose confidence in saving up in the future and saving up in retirement. And I think I think that would be an enormous shame and trade-off. So Josh, to that fourth factor, how much are you saving for retirement? Don't let this pandemic um, change your behavior in a negative way there. That's right. If anything, the investment world may be throwing amazing opportunities at you to be a buyer when other people are running for the hills, they're sellers. Um, you know, we, we always say you make your money on the buy side when you're when you're making new investments and so if if there's another pullback in the market or uh, more choppiness ahead that is the time to be a steady contributor to your account and uh, and maybe as Mike said reevaluate are you even on the right pace to begin with yep you know do you know uh, like the client John I was referring to uh, in the last segment do you know what the pace should be and what that end target is, how much that nest egg has to be by the time you get to retirement, your, your savings rate or the pace that you're contributing to those accounts influences your readiness. If you've seen a pay cut or you've been furloughed, I mean, that's, that's a pretty, pretty serious reason to reduce your retirement contributions. I would urge you, don't pull that lever too quickly. Don't pull that lever too quickly because it could have a long-term impact on your ability to retire. And you think of a couple of things. Number number one is some found money. So you might have gotten a check for twelve hundred bucks. Your spouse might have gotten a, a check for twelve hundred bucks. That figure out what's the best thing to do with that. And one of the things that you could do, it's it might be cleaning up some bills or making sure your emergency fund is fully funded. But another thing that you could do is you could put some of that towards your retirement. And there are some industries that have actually thrived during this time and they've been busier than ever. So if you're in that and you've been busier than ever, but you're not going to have that family trip this summer because mm-hmm. you're just not going, there's some more found money. Let's go. There's uh, there's several other things we've got to talk about that will help you still stay on track to retire. So that and more coming up here on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. If you needed to take a coronavirus-related distribution from your retirement accounts, does that throw your retirement plan off track? 
That's what we're talking about today, how you can still retire in the face of this uncertainty. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. Here with me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. If you want more content, more Wise Money content, I have a special announcement for you right now. Make sure you're following the Wise Money Show wherever you're at on social media. That's Facebook and YouTube and, and Twitter, all that sort of stuff. Just search the Wise Money Show. Why am I telling you this? Number one, just to make sure you're up to date. But number two, all this e-learning stuff that's going on. My kids had to do e-learning. Uh, I know Kevin's uh, college student had to do e-learning. Well, Lindsay on our team said, hey, with all this e-learning, we should do an e-learning course for high school and college students, young adults on personal finance. That's coming up this Wednesday. We're starting. It's going to be a five-week series. We're going to keep it palatable. We're going to keep it short, but we're going to help uh, your kids, your grandkids get the right foundation in uh, of skills in finances. So follow us on YouTube. Follow us on the Facebook page. Search The Wise Money Show. That's going to air uh, this, this Wednesday at 10 o'clock and then every Wednesday through June as well. So all right, let's talk about the other end of the spectrum. That's for that's for the young adults. Let's talk about those of you that are looking to retire. Um, first and foremost, if we haven't said it yet, there's all sorts of uncertainty, but you can still retire in 2020. You can still retire in 2021, in 2022. You just need to make that decision in the context of your entire financial situation. That's why we tell you, you've got to do comprehensive financial planning, because from that perch, you can then evaluate the five factors and see if you're on track. And if you're not, because everything has changed, then you can easily look and see what the trade-offs are to get you back on track. That's clarity and confidence. One of the creative things you might have needed to do right now is to withdraw money from your retirement accounts when you haven't when you're not retired simply to get yourself through this crazy time they call it a coronavirus related distribution or maybe some other type of withdrawal that you needed to take even though you're not planning to retire just yet does that throw you off in your retirement in your pursuit of retirement well it very well could and the interesting thing about that is the i think one of the areas that we are most helpful to our clients in is tax planning one of the questions that I ask most folks when they come in is I say, who helps you with your tax planning? And they talk about who prepares their taxes, but they don't really have planning going on. So I was working with a client who, after four months of work this year, is getting six months of severance. And this client was thinking, hey, I'm not yet 59 and a half. I can do one of these coronavirus-related distributions, and I don't have to pay the 10% penalty. And that's true, but you do have to pay the taxes. You have that's to pay right. the federal and state taxes. And so if you've worked through April and got six months of severance, you've got 10 months of work in. And if you and and he doesn't have his next job lined up, but if you get the, uh, your next job in July, you've got another six months. So now you've got 20 months of income on top of a coronavirus-related distribution. You're jumping one or two different tax brackets. So this is something that you want to be very, very careful of. Well, and especially if you're taking that distribution just to be able to maintain your existing lifestyle, as opposed to maybe having a little bit more of a conservative or frugal response to this whole coronavirus shutdown mess that we've been in. Um, you know, I, I would hope that 
before you would start cashing in long-term investments or, or drawing down accounts that you thought were going to stay in growth mode for a while, that you've really scrutinized your budget mm -hmm. as well. You know, the spending factor in retirement, is, it's one of the five factors. Um, there are some amounts of spending that are discretionary. That you know, you don't have to take that vacation right now. You don't have to do that home improvement right now. But compare that to the home repair that maybe is urgent. It's it's a need, not a want. It's more urgent and time sensitive. Um, you know, those are the types of things that maybe you use this uh, coronavirus distribution option um, to to kind of keep you solvent, keep you um, from from maybe being overwhelmed by the stress of a financial position that you never thought you'd be in right now. It's and it's very easy to get the clarity then on that. Even if you're thinking, hey, I might need to take twenty grand in a coronavirus related distribution, just update that and in your in your retirement projection, you can very easily. It's very it's easy for us because we've got a process. Um, and so anyway, um, the other thing, guys, what do you think about Social Security? So if you're if you received a pay cut or you're furloughed or laid off, is that going to influence or impact the Social Security that you're going to receive out there in retirement? You know, the, the biggest factor that will influence your Social Security benefits is just the age that you start drawing. Yeah. And, you know, Social Security is averaging so many years of your working career and your earning capacity is what the highest 35 years. And so if the very last year, um, you, you know, you're, you're laid off partially or you're working part time or something like that, um, that probably has less of an influence compared to your decision to start drawing earlier than you had originally planned because you're, you're receiving a sacrifice. Like they're shaving the amount that you get. Think of it as roughly 8% per year that would be your reward for continuing to delay Social Security. Well, it's essentially an 8% sacrifice you're making to go early instead. The, mm -hmm. the opposite is true as well. And if you're earlier than full retirement age, it can be even more than that, depending yeah. on your situation. So how and when you draw Social Security is one of the biggest financial decisions you'll ever make in your lifetime. So you don't want to just make it kind of flippantly. And because if you're before full retirement age and you are not clear about the outlook, and I, I, had a, I was talking to his 62 and he said, well, I don't know when or how I'm going to go back to work, so I'll just draw Social Security and then see if I can get another job. Well, guess what? He's traveling today. It's, they, they've already gone back to work. They went back to work this week. Mm. So had he drawn Social Security, he would have been either paying it all back because of the income that he was earning or stopping it. And so you can create a, a little bit of a mess for yourself if you do the Ready, Fire, Aim program. And that's where you really want to... So you can talk to someone at the Social Security Administration about that. But I would say, look at that within the context of your financial plan. Yeah, you know what most people do when they're looking at their social security decision is they just talk to their friends. Mm -hmm. You know what? What'd you do? Yeah. And th there's this perception. Well, there's safety in numbers. Uh, that's what everyone does. They all draw at 62, so that's just what I'm going to do as well. If it was good enough for them, then it's good enough for me. Uh, the reality is that those people you're talking to may not have given it much thought at all. Yeah. They they may have just been looking around and seeing what everyone else is doing, but. 
you know, financial planning is about trying to create the ideal future that you've envisioned for yourself, not the one that everyone else is living. So, so what's the next wise step? Tie this all together. What's the, what's the next wise step that someone needs to take right now? Well, you need to dust off your plan if you've got one. If you don't, call a planner. Call a certified financial planner who is not just an investment salesperson, because if you just get sold the right investments, there's no way they can be the right investments if your investment girl is not talking to your tax guy and is not working with your retirement planner, your protection planner, and really your, your, your present financial position coach. And that's the right advice to give, even if we're not in a pandemic. That's right. You should not be marching into retirement without a game plan, without someone guiding you who's been there before. Um, that, that, that's just wise, um, a wise approach to a transition that most people are going to make in life. Make that transition with someone walking beside you. If you've never done a retirement projection, you got to build one right now. If you've done one in the past, you've got to update it right now. That is your next wise step, all in context of your entire financial life. All right, we've got some great questions from fans of the show. That and more coming up on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. The Wise Money Show is brought to you by... The attorneys at South Bank Legal, First State Bank, Diane Bennett and the Inspired Homes Team, and Bethel University Adult and Graduate Studies. Unemployment or the PPP. Woo! We got some good news about the PPP a couple weeks ago. That's uh, that's refreshing. We've got questions from fans of the show. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name's Mike Bernard. Here with me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. If you've missed anything, every episode of the Wise Money Show is on podcast wherever you listen. Just search the Wise Money Show, subscribe to it there, and and rate the show. I, I appreciate that. All right, so if you're planning to retire in 2020 or 2021, 2022, you can still do it. You can still do it. Don't, don't be caught up in the fear, caught up in the hype. It all depends on your specific situation. Do comprehensive financial planning, work through the five factors and the trade-offs with your CFP and see and see if you're on track, all right? Uh, let's transition to questions from fans of the show. Great question here from Jill. She's 29 from Indy. Unemployment or get paid through Paycheck Protection Program, the PPP. My employer was just approved for a PPP loan and asked if I'd like her to pay me or if I should stay on unemployment. Is there really any difference? I think I'll get more from unemployment. This is an unusual question because most employers who have qualified for these PPP loans, in order to be forgiven for the loan, they have to be paying folks on payroll. And so uh, most small business owners that I've talked to, they're not giving their employees the choice. This is the first they're one saying, I've... hey, even if you were furloughed or something, I'm pulling you back in and maybe you're not even working all that much in order to earn your paycheck, but... Um, it, it's just a mechanism for getting money into people's hands. But some some employers, depending on the industry they're in and the pay scale that their employees are on, there are, I've heard some employees actually resist the idea of coming back to work because 
life is better for them on unemployment, so that it seems. There was a big uh, uproar. It made national news. I can't remember what it was, but um, the employees were so mad at the owner for getting the PPP loan because that meant they were just going to continue to get paid instead of going on unemployment, that they created this huge stink and and basically sort of villainized the owner. Yeah, I, as I understand it, and when you think about the PPP and the PUA and all of these, uh, PUA stands for? Pandemic Unemployment Assistance. So that's the extra $600 a week that you can get from the federal government. remembering the federal government has no money. That's right. Only what they take from you and me. So you can get the extra $600 a week, and you can get that for 16 weeks. So some people, if they're getting almost $400 from state unemployment a week, plus another $600, they're getting almost 1000 bucks a week. They might be making more money on unemployment than they would if they were actually working. But the as I understand it, if your employer gets the PPP, the Paycheck Protection Program, they have to pay you. You have to come back to work and receive your paycheck, and therefore staying on unemployment is not an it's option. It's not an option. Right. Yeah. So it could I, just be misinformed employer there. Then, well, huh? it's it, it would be easier to get it. If you're an employer, it'd be easier to get it wrong than it would be to get it right because mm-hmm. this has been incredibly, incredibly confuse, confusing. So while people are trying to survive and figure out, do I open or do I close? How many people do I bring back? What what kind of service do I need to provide to my existing customers? Do Can we still manufacture our goods? All of this crazy stuff, you have to learn about a brand new program that no one knows about. We're kind of it's kind of, uh, you know, make stuff up, uh, <laughs> if you will. So <laughs> that's, that's funny. Mike went down with you. So I, it, it's very confusing. <laughs> you know, if, if we go back to, to Jill's situation or, or situations just like hers, where maybe uh, you were working, you're laid off, you're on unemployment, there's, there's a potential tax trap here as well. Uh, I think Jill framed her question, is one better than the other? Is it better to keep getting my paycheck through work? or to go on unemployment, well, let's just think about what disruptions there could be. You know, with your normal paycheck, hopefully you have your tax planning dialed in real well. You're having the right amount withheld out of every paycheck. Um, you, you know, you're not getting to the end of the year and owing a bunch of money. But when you go on unemployment, there's a disruption there. Your income remains high, no, or, or the, the incorrect amount, no uh, withholdings happening at the right level for you it could create a surprise come tax time for you. Absolutely. Uh, this, you know, we've got, we've got Kevin, you, you said it well. It's just a confusing time. Most small businesses don't really understand the PPP loan and, and how all this works because they're just making stuff up. I mean, this is distorted economics right now. So make sure you're working with a, with a, a team of professionals. But for sure your tax advisor, because if you are bringing home $1,000 a week, and I remember early in my career when um, we were compensated a little differently, and I'd come home and tell my wife, hey, honey, I made $1,000 today. Right? This is an unusual day, so I'm really excited about it. And she would say, well, where is it? I'm like, well, I mean, I made $1,000, so where is it? Well, we have to pay the federal government 
$280 out of that. We got to pay the state $50 and we got to pay self-employment tax because I'm self-employed of $153. So we've basically got $530 left. So out of $1,000, if I took possession of that whole thousand, I said, this is my money. I'm going to be terribly disappointed at tax time. That's how a lot of self-employed folks get themselves in a lot of trouble. Oh, absolutely. So if you're looking at this unemployment check and saying, I've got $1,000 of unemployment income and it's all mine and you're not making a provision to pay your, your state and federal taxes, you're going to have a problem. And don't worry. If you want them to withhold for taxes, they'll withhold 10% federal and they won't withhold anything for state. This is just crazy. It's just crazy. Anyway. Right. And that is our life is explaining stuff to people <laughs> that doesn't make any sense because a logical person looks and says, Mike, why is that? That doesn't make any sense to me. And you say, yep, that's how it works. So, okay. So uh, next question, speaking of things that don't make any sense, <laughs> next question is from Valerie. She's 35 in Goshen. So super excited to get my stimulus check to use to pay off, uh, pay down some credit cards. Um, but now I noticed my credit score went down. I was under the impression that it would go up. I didn't close out the card. I just paid off the debt. Why did it go down? Who knows? Yeah. I think, <laughs> you know, this, this calculation that goes into um, your score, it's looking at several different factors. I think there's five of them primarily. And um, part of it is... Uh, the, the amount of credit that you have available to you and what percentage of each card is is kind of maxed out, so to speak. So it's it'd be better off, for example, to have two credit cards that are half filled up or a third filled up than it would be to just have one and have it nearly maxed out mm -hmm. uh, because it goes into their algorithm. It's normally history of your payments that has a major impact. But uh, this, this discussion, though, or this situation that you've encountered um, wh where you paid something off, didn't close it out, you, you've triggered their algorithm. Yeah. And um, I, I, I don't know. I mean, they don't make that real public either. They, they tell you what percentage of the FICO score comes from each of the five factors, but they don't tell you exactly how how it's calculated. Yeah, we are entering a jargon zone. Mm -hmm. So we try to stay in a jargon-free zone, but this is a jargon zone. So Valerie, great question. And it has to do with credit utilization, which is a fancy way of saying we have no idea. <laughs> because it really is, you, you have to look into the, the black box that they do their algorithm and figuring these things out. But it, you know, paying off debt uh, it does affect your credit score because they look at, um, you know, it measures how much credit you're allowed by your creditors versus how much of a balance you carry. So your credit utilization. And so I would encourage you, Valerie, keep your eyes on the prize. Don't look at your credit score. Your credit score is important. I once heard a wise person say, your credit score is your financial reputation. I love that. That may be one of the coolest uh, financial things I've ever heard. Uh, our own Mike Bernard there. That, that is fabulous. So, so yes, keep working on your financial reputation because that's going to impact what you pay for car insurance. It's going to impact what you pay, what you're able to get a mortgage for, a number of other things. But don't get discouraged. You're, go, you're moving in the right direction. 
I think part of the problem uh, or part of the reason we're a little puzzled by this situation is often it's the opposite that causes a a reduction in the FICO score, your credit score, where you pay off a, a credit card and then you close it out. Right. Um, you may be eliminating a long-term credit um, option. So, so if you have a credit card that's been open for 15 years, that has a positive impact on your credit score versus if you have a whole bunch of cards that were more recently opened um, or, or shorter history there, um, you know, those would have more of a negative score. Yeah. So if you just paid off an old card and closed it, you might be like, hey, I just did something good in my financial life. Why did my score go down? Or why did my financial reputation take a hit, as, as Kevin was alluding to? Um, and again, it, it doesn't make a ton of sense, but it's why you have to be careful about the actions you take with credit in general. I, oh, a good um, reminder, if you haven't checked your credit report, not your credit score, I completely agree with Kevin, it, don't focus on your credit score. And, and this, this change that you saw, uh, Valerie, hopefully should just be a really minor change because your reputation, your, your, your credit is really taking into account lots of different things. Um, but you do want to pay attention to your credit report. Make sure that there aren't um, mistakes on there. Make sure there's not fraud going on. So I would I, I, I download my credit report once a year for me and my wife. So, all right, let's hit one more real quick. And that Wait, is, can I interject a question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you do you download just the report to check the history for accuracy, make sure there's no fraudulent stuff going on, or are you also getting the score? I am just looking at the report. I think the score is kind of irrelevant. Irrelevant. To you. And yeah. a lot of credit card companies now, uh, one of the services that they add is they'll give you the score. Yeah. Yeah. So, and and the truth is, if you're re- applying for credit almost anywhere. They'll get your score, and you can ask them, hey, what, what was my score? And they can tell you. When, when, when you go and you try to download your report, they're going to ask you to pay $9.95 or $14 to get your score. Don't do that. Those scores, at least from those areas, I've heard they're not even accurate. So check it on your credit card, but the score really doesn't matter. Check your report once a year for accuracy, misspellings, and errors, and all that sort of stuff. You know, the only place in your financial life where maybe the score is having a little bit of influence uh, is it, it could be affecting your home and auto insurance rates. It could affect your ability to get rent, that sort of thing. So pay attention to this, but just don't let it drive your decisions. All right. Great questions. That's all the time we have for today. On behalf of Josh Gregory, Kevin Corhorn, myself, and all of us at KFG, have a great weekend. We'll see you next Saturday for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.